Part 2 on Boundaries Does even thinking about creating a boundary and speaking up for yourself cause anxiety or dread? Would you even dare to send food back at a restaurant? Does it make you feel sad, angry, or resentful that your partner doesn't just seem to know your boundaries and what you really want and need? If you're the only one with a different opinion in a group, will you speak up, or is that too scary? Maybe you've cut someone out of your life because you don't want to face difficult conversations. And a big one, do you make suggestions or find solutions to your friends' or family's problems, whether they want to hear it or not? These questions help uncover where you might have boundary issues. These questions show where you might not be living in your personal authenticity. You are listening to The Goddess Archetype Code with your host, Erica Randolph, the intuitive counselor and licensed trauma therapist who uses myth, music, and meditation to support emotional healing. Disclaimer, this isn't intended as mental health therapy. Looking for the light, it's a daily fight and things go bump in the night. The news of the day is outrageous, that's what the mad folks say. Who told you that you had sinned? We are divided, divided. The last episode, we talked about how exhausting bad boundaries are and questions we can ask to understand our family of origin triggers and to see if we are living in our authenticity. Today, let's talk a bit about recognizing categories and types of boundaries, codependency, communication, and your personal boundary blueprint. The term boundary blueprint is from Terry Cole's book, The Boundary Boss. I'll finish up with a tool from Gabor Mate called Compassionate Inquiry. So let's dive in. Where is it that you might have boundary issues? These questions show where you might not be living into your personal authenticity. You know, personal boundaries help you to live out your personal integrity. Is how we honor and protect ourselves. Some of us have learned the myth that having healthy boundaries makes us selfish, confrontational, and, dare I say it, bitchy. But I'd like to challenge that by saying healthy boundaries allow us to be brave and generous. So let's take a moment and talk about general categories of boundaries. First of all, you have physical boundaries, which is your personal space and deciding who has permission to touch you. You know, sexual boundaries, where and with whom and when you consent to this. Material boundaries, such as your personal possessions. You know, you have a choice to decide who is allowed to use your clothes or your car or your home and who you want to lend money to. And mental value, mental boundaries, you have your right to your thoughts and values and opinions. 
and emotional boundaries. You alone are responsible for your feelings, just as others are for theirs. Healthy emotional boundaries keep you from giving unsolicited advice, from blaming others for how you feel, or conversely taking blame for someone else's emotions. You know, if you often feel defensive, this may indicate issues around emotional boundaries. Now let's discuss basic types of boundaries. For instance, the first one is rigid boundaries. Rigid boundaries include never asking for help, avoiding close relationships, and tending to isolate yourself. Porous boundaries, on the other hand, include oversharing personal information, saying yes when you want to say no, and taking on other people's problems, and also, sadly, putting up with disrespectful and or abusive behaviors. And the last and in-between one is healthy boundaries. In this, when you have healthy boundaries, people may describe you as dependable, trustworthy, or confident. Others will feel safe and at ease with you. And as a result of cultivating cultivating discernment and taking responsibility for your own happiness. To sum these up, the various categories of boundaries include physical, sexual, material, mental, and emotional. And within these categories, your boundaries may be rigid, porous, or healthy. You know, let's talk for a minute about historical, cultural, and family of origin influences on our boundaries. We begin our lives growing up in our families. And we touched on recognizing familiar patterns, such as what emotions we were allowed or the ones that were shut down. And this starts our journey into adulthood with a set of unspoken expectations and in our desire to be accepted, loved, and part of our tribe, we tend to continue the unspoken rules of the family. This can lead to misunderstandings, to not speaking our truth, to not being authentic with ourselves, and often the results could be failed marriages and relationships, risky behaviors, and often often a sense of not being, quote-unquote, good enough, just as we are. Personal boundaries are informed by childhood experiences, cultural norms, gender roles, and an array of other factors. I want to touch briefly on the historical context of women's role in society. You know, as I, that women did not get the right to vote until 1920, in the U.S., and of course, women of color did not get that right throughout the United States until the 1960s. And it's just a plain fact that we live in a patriarchal society that has traditionally devalued women. Women have been marginalized and objectified. And as women, we unknowingly internalize the negative messages about who we are. 
This generational experience makes the struggle for women to set boundaries, to speak their truth, and to doubt our value understandably more challenging. But this isn't a podcast on politics. But I do want to build awareness around what particular struggles are for women as we try to create authentic, personal boundaries. So a little exercise before we continue on is to think about for a moment about the different categories and types of boundaries. Take a moment to think about how they play out in your current relationship. Which boundary category or categories come up the most? So let's talk a little bit about codependency. So I I happen to like this definition of codependency. Quote, a condition where, and I add in parentheses usually, a woman is compelled to do things for the people in her life that they should be doing for themselves. Unquote. Let's unpack that for a moment. This can show up in so many realms and categories of boundaries. What does it look like? Doing something for someone else that they should be doing themselves. Just a little side note to those of you who have heard me give the little talk on the word should. Perhaps this might be a a good place to use that word. (laughs) So... Physical, sexual, material, mental, and emotional. In whichever area you are over-functioning or over-giving on this hyper-focus on the lives of others leaves your personal needs and desires sidelined. Back to our cultural conditioning. Prioritizing the needs of others is learned in childhood particularly in dysfunctional family systems. These patterns, the compulsive impulses to help, fix, and save others, you know, like when you anticipate and prioritize the needs of others ahead of your own. You see, by being indispensable, you are unconsciously attempting to ensure you won't be rejected and to feel worthy, gain approval, and an attempt actually to control outcomes. These patterns from our childhood are ingrained and are super hard to break, but you can do it. Yes, I know you can do it. Now let's take a moment to talk about perfectionism, another facet of being everything to everyone. I think you probably know whether you are perfectionistic or not. Are you super critical of yourself, continually working long hours? Maybe you have a fear of failure and are plagued with guilt and shame. Some characteristics of perfectionism may be surprising, such as not wanting to start something because you know you'll be compelled to do way more than is expected, you know, with an all-or-nothing attitude. Another one which is kind of surprising, is feeling sensitive to any perceived criticism from others. Criticism feels like an attack, and of course, let's not forget analysis paralysis. Why is perfectionism in this discussion? 
Perfectionism is connected with codependency because both are rooted in childhood experiences of chaotic, unpredictable, and authoritarian environments. It creates a belief that if you are perfect enough, you can avoid criticism and rejection. This leads to boundary conflicts, disappointments, and frustration. These are some of the uncomfortable awarenesses to uncover. Don't worry, though. There's no shame or blame here. You may see yourself in some of these descriptions, but that is not the totality of who you are. Remember, your true inner self, to hold yourself in love, to breathe into the observer part that is taking an honest inventory of your impulses and fears. Speaking of fears, so many times we believe we are acting out in love, when in fact we are reacting from a fear-based perspective. Being in relationship is so important to the human experience that any chance we might be banished from the kingdom is cause for existential terror. And this brings up the discussion of our ingrained responses that are characterized by fight, flight, and freeze. So ways to describe fight, flight, or freeze can be stonewalling, outbursts, ignoring, attacking, or running away from fearful situations. So all of this discussion is to bring out self-understanding Understanding how you react is crucial to learning how to align with your best self and exercise self-agency. Effective communication. We will come back to communication, but this is a good place to remind ourselves that the way we create boundaries is indeed through communication. When we are operating out of fear or out of perfectionism or codependence, then our communication is actually compromised. You see, ineffective communication is indirect. Remember the example from last time about teenagers and how they tend to use indirect communication by slamming doors or rolling eyes. Indirect communication from a flight or freeze stance can be passive, timid, cryptic, or reserved. Or if you are in fight mode, it can be angry, antagonistic, bullying, or aggressive. In either case, it's not clear and the other person is left trying to decode what your intent truly is. Effective communication is to the point, clear, leaving no doubt about what you truly mean. Let's talk about your boundary blueprint. I truly appreciate how Terry Cole in her book, Boundary Boss, talks about the boundary blueprint. She says, Your boundary blueprint reflects your early childhood experiences, as well as any inherited family and cultural beliefs that have been passed down through the generations and unconsciously drive your boundary behavior today. Unpacking the inherited beliefs that took root in childhood is critical living with full agency. Phew. So we learned as children what was okay as we observed our parents and family. This is the basis of our boundary blueprint. 
Our parents did the best they could with their inherited blueprints, but check it out. This is the legacy of our experiences, and we can choose to make a change. It means digging through unconscious reactive behaviors, examining our fight, flight, and freeze reactions, seeing where we've picked up faulty information and made it our own. It's also helpful to see where we make excuses, both for ourselves and for others. We rationalize behaviors to avoid establishing boundaries. So examining where we have resistance, digging into our current situation to see how we react, and noticing that we have habitual behaviors is all part of the intellectual understanding of what we're doing. So how do we move into an emotional connection with all these parts? Often, like we've spoken about before when we were talking about Inanna and meeting our shadow parts, we don't really like these parts because they're a bit embarrassing. We don't usually want to admit that we are engaging in perhaps enabling type behaviors, or that we had a dramatic outburst. See, these are our triggers. So this is where radical self-love comes in. You have a right to feel what you feel. And learning how to love each of your parts, or we can call them our triggers, and to have compassionate acceptance is where we'll go more deeply. Also, you can listen to episode 12, Steps to Healing from Janina Fisher, for deeper steps. But today I'd like to give you a tool I learned from Gabor Mate. It's a method he calls compassionate inquiry. So let's see how I can paraphrase it for you. So here's how it goes. Start by thinking of something that happened with another person recently that was unpleasant. Take a moment and notice what happened. How did you respond? Did you feel angry, disrespected, hurt, or sad? In other words, what was your emotional response to the triggering behavior? Now take a moment to come up with another explanation for the person's behavior that doesn't have anything to do with you. Perhaps They got sick, maybe they had a car wreck, maybe they couldn't show up for some reason or another. So now, next, notice the meaning behind your initial reaction. If you were angry, what is the meaning behind your anger? What is the message about your worth, about who you are? Take a moment to think of it the earliest time, the first time that you ever felt this particular emotion before. What was the message you got then? Was it that you weren't worthy or or worthy of respect or love or valued? This is part of digging and to find the legacy of childhood trauma. Now take that feeling of sadness or anger and thank it for the message it gave you. And create a dialogue with that emotion and gently ask it, what does it need to feel heard and accepted? Notice the emotion with compassion and acceptance. Take time and ask it to see 
Why does it need to feel soothed? This is as this is an exercise that helps you to understand that the person who triggered your initial response, you know, that unpleasant event that happened recently, they aren't actually responsible for that response. Your response is based on your past experience. So go back to that recent incident and notice it from the perspective of someone who is respected and worthy. You can now see there are any number of reasons that person did what they did that don't have anything to do with you. So let me know if you have any questions about this. And, uh, and I thank you for spending time with me today. It means a lot to know you're listening and hopefully getting some deeper understanding about how to create better boundaries. So please like and share the podcast. And yeah, I look forward to talking with you soon. And I wish you the best. Bye for now. Looking for the light. It's a daily fight and things go bump in the night. The news of the day is outrageous, that's what the mad folks say. Who told you that he